Hello, and welcome to Walk and Talk. This eight-part series will look at life in UCC from the perspective of former students who went on to become major players on the national stage. By sharing their individual experiences, they'll paint not just a personal portrait of their younger selves, but also a broader picture of a shifting college landscape through the decades. This eight-part series invites past students of UCC back on campus to walk the grounds, relive their student days, and share their thoughts with the present-day student body. This week, Sinead Quinlan. So my name is Sinead Quinlan, and I'm a comedian and writer from Cork. So we are currently standing in Boole 4, is it? Three or four, I think it's four. Uh, having a look at it and yeah it's not I remember when I walked in here as a first year so I did arts so I would have spent the majority of arts down here it's kind of like in a dungeon really in the pool <laughs> you, you wouldn't be getting any tan like we're like vampires down there but yeah the desks are so long I'm saying like if you needed to go to the toilet or something you'd be in trouble do you know what I mean? if you were sitting in the middle so you'd always try and get a seat at the edge um, but my timekeeping skills as well were shocking so I'd be coming in and I'd be like, just have to sit wherever there was any availability. But I liked, I liked the bull. It was crazy standing there now. Like you said, it, I remember it being bigger. It's not as big <laughs> as I thought. <laughs> so the subjects I did was English and history. as uh, They're my favourite subjects in school. So it just made sense to do that then after college. Um, love writing, love reading and all that so but it was like it was a real rude awakening like I mean English in college was it's mental really <laughs> it's like off the wall stuff but uh English is out there like very out there but if they always kind of promote that you think outside the box and uh I think that's something that I've always done since leaving college as well just kind of having that create creative side like like and looking at things from different angles because anyone who's written an essay You'll even know this if you're having an argument with somebody, you'd know if somebody's wrote a lot of essays in college because they're able to kind of make their point while also accepting your point. <laughs> Do you know that kind of way? You're kind of, you learn how to like make your point, back it up, but also be aware that, okay, there's other, there's other ways of viewing this as well, so. I remember um, around the time of like, if it was rag week or, freshers week the ATM would always run out of 20s and there'd only be 50s left and people would be panicking it's of course a student and not that much money so you'd be freaked <laughs> you'd be like oh my god I can't take out 50 like because if I take it out I'm definitely going to spend it all yeah so now we're standing in the main rest and uh, it's still bustling to be fair uh, people are hanging out having a bit of food and uh, there's a coffee place there that wasn't there when I first started college by the time I came back to do the masters, that coffee dock was there. But the food, to be fair, it's advanced a lot. Like, honestly, such good sausages. Couldn't compliment them enough. So there's always going to be a couple of hours, like in between lectures, so you wouldn't be walking back. Like in first year, I lived at home, so I was always around campus. Um, then I moved to Magazine Road in second year, so I was able to pop home then if I had a couple of hours. But I still liked to hang around as much as I could. It was just nice. And one of my neighbours used to use carpool in to college and sure, of course, he'd be going on the nights out. Like, so he was a very responsible fellow, the youth fellow who used to drive us. Then he'd be 
collecting these corpses, like, you know what I mean, from their houses, bringing them into the college in the mornings. And uh, I remember some mornings, like, I'd sleep through my alarm and everything, he'd be, like, knocking on my window and everything, I'd just trying to get up. But uh, that was fun, actually, the carpooling, to be fair. He might disagree, but uh, for us, it was fun. 24-hour <laughs> shifts inside the library. I quite liked it. I mean, whether I'd be doing something in there now or not would be another story, like, if some days I could be just sitting in there for hours, you feel like you were doing something, you just be on the phone or something, but, um, or especially if you had a thesis, when I had a thesis due, I left it like to the last minute of course, you know what I mean, not enough time, I was doing, <laughs> but um, then, like, it's so funny because in arts and stuff, it was a totally different experience, when I came back for the masters then, I was older, like, and it was very much, I was more focused on my studies, as you would say, I actually did, one, two, three, three years in arts. Then I used to do a conversion course in social policy for a year. And then I worked in Cork Simon for a year because you needed volunteer experience to get into the masters. So then I came back, did two year masters. So my family were thinking they were going to have to get the army, like get me out of here. And I was just, I was obsessed with UCC. <laughs> I think Irish people in general just have a great sense of humour. Um, yeah, I think like, I definitely came out of my shell, like I would have been fairly shy in kind of secondary school and then college really came out of my shell because you kind of had to, you're, you're like your friends from school were going to different colleges or whatever so you had no choice but to spark up conversations with people. Um, actually they say it all the time that like some, the people you sit next on the first day of college are sometimes the people who end up being your friends for the whole of like the three or four years which is crazy but that is what happened to me. So like literally swap numbers with these two girls I was sitting next to the first day of college and we were friends like ever since, that was it. So because uh, art especially is so big, if you didn't swap numbers straight away you might never see them again. So <laughs> I joined Film Society because um, I was like this is something I could definitely manage, sit down and watch a few films. But um, <laughs> I went a good few times and it was good. Actually now that we're here I remember at the very start on Freshers Week, they were kind of trying to recruit people for societies and stuff. And these fellas came up to me and they were like, have you ever wanted to do uh, rowing? I was like, what, rowing? I was like, I've never done rowing in my life. But they were like, you're so tall. Like being tall apparently is uh, a good thing for uh, rowing. So they saw this lanky young one and were like, yeah, I should be good for rowing. But no, alas, I didn't join the rowing. So if I did, who knows, do you know what I mean? I could have been over in the Olympics, like, look, we'll never know now. <laughs> I call it the new bar, so it would have been here a lot. This would have been our, it was either here or in the main rest. They were our main, our main spots for food and for drinks, obviously. <laughs> it's a bar. <laughs> so you come up here and uh, you keep walking up to the, very th the third floor and you get your gown. And then all your family, you've got, I think there's two people who are allowed in your graduation and they'd be there. And then you're sure freaked, you're like, oh my God, I better not fall in front of all these people now. But um, it was a nice day, very nice day. They actually, I think they screened it as well in the new bar, the graduation. So we are currently in the new bar. Um, I'm trying to see here what deals they have on offer at the moment. A bottle of Prosecco, mother of God. That would not have been there now in my time. It's very fancy altogether. 
Uh, we were more uh, pictures of fosters. That's what we were getting, a full picture. But, because um, it was cheaper, a couple of glasses. But yeah, this actually looks pretty similar. There's a few new signs, but the boots and all, there's like, there's like a very Americanized feel actually in a way, with the boots. So obviously as a student, like, you're fairly strapped for cash, you know. <laughs> Don't have that much money, so. Yeah, we got Foster's because it was the cheapest. But it'd be great, there'd be different things. There was like karaoke nights or you wouldn't know what could be happening. Like, uh, it was always just good atmosphere here. And food is nice as well. There was like, good deals there. And, yeah. In the student center, there was a careers fair. So I don't know what I wanted to do. Like I was thinking about teaching and I was like, oh, I don't know. I wasn't super shouting my name. And I came in here and there was a careers fair upstairs and I went around to all the different tables. And yeah, there was one of them was a social work table and I just kind of liked the sound of it, like uh, working with people. Oh, and it just seemed so varied, you know what I mean? It could be a probation officer as a social worker as well, just a different title. And I was like, oh, okay, this could be something I could do. Um, but I do, I like talking to people. And I was like, okay, let's give this a go. So yeah, I was just a, a very, and I said to my parents and they were like, yeah, we think you'd be good at that actually. That sounds right up your street. Um, but yeah, and then I had to go to do the conversion course. It was actually quite a long path to do the masters. Um, so yeah, cause the conversion course was a year, and then working in Simon for a year. So it was back two years later. And I remember at the time saying it to some of my friends like that I was going to do it, and they were saying like, "Would you not just go over the teaching or whatever?" They were like, "Sure, everyone else is going to go off now and get a job. Like, and you're going to be only coming back and starting again." Like, and I was like, "Oh, sure." And then at the time, sure, you feel like. You feel way older than you are. Like even should I come back now and do college again? Do you know what I mean? There's no, there's no real rush. But you only discover that after a couple of years. But at that time, it feels very rushed. Like you have to figure it all out. I saw a whole new part of Cork that I probably didn't see. Probably due to my own privileged background. Do you know what I mean? Very fortunate, very supportive family, and never had to worry about not having anything or whatever. And then. Yeah, I just saw a whole new side of Cork that I hadn't seen. And I kind of felt a bit guilty in a way. I was like, oh, that I didn't see it. Do you know what I mean? That it was kind of invisible to me. Um, but yeah, I just felt very grateful for all the things that I did have. And just how easy it is now, unfortunately, to actually slip into homelessness too. So, learned a lot. Grew up a lot too. Um, I suppose you're still growing. You're always growing up. I am very, an immature person, maybe. <laughs> But uh, I always kept that whole lightheartedness and that, that kind of, I don't know, I like to see the, the good in the world. There's a lot of harshness in the world, but there's good stuff too. And the madness, was it Robin Williams' quote, like always hold on to that bit of madness. I suppose reading anyway definitely helps with writing in terms of like your vocabulary and all that. Um, it definitely did. I mean, Shakespeare, we did a lot of Shakespeare and stuff. Old English, I found that stuff crazy altogether. But it was, it was fun. It was something that you probably would never have read on a normal day. So you read things that are kind of not your run-of-the-mill stuff that you won't just find in a newspaper. So I did like that side of it. You kind of you read a bit of, bit of everything. Uh, history as well was very interesting. They were kind of, they were completely opposite in a way in that history obviously is fact. <laughs> you can't, uh, you can't exactly make up history. Like it is what it is. 
Uh, whereas English, it was kind of like, there was no real right or wrong answers some of the times, and I found that really, really interesting when you'd be writing. Because there was no one way of doing it, do you know what I mean? Everyone could write an essay and it'd be entirely different. So that creative side was definitely, it all started here for sure. Like they say that when you're writing, most people when they start writing, they write about what you know. Um, obviously for comedy purposes, a lot of it is <laughs> exaggerated. Um, but it would be either about me or maybe people I've met or, I mean, what's so cool about campus is that you could meet the most random people, like you'll never meet them anywhere else. I don't know where they'd be any other time of the day, but you'd find them here on campus. Like, I remember this fellow, <laughs> my first week of college, she was dressed as disco stew out of uh, The Simpsons. Just walking around and I remember like looking at him being like and nobody was batting an eyelid this fellow was just walking around and I was like this is gas um, it's kind of like anything goes here it's the creativity and Irish people are very funny and people watching is something I would do a lot um, I did that a lot in college as well sitting down watching people or sitting in one of the cafes um, I went to the one in the Orb actually the O'Rahilly building the one downstairs a good bit. It was always busy, people in and out the whole time. The orb is a place that you get lost, it just, it's a crazy place. <laughs> it all looks the same in there. Before the masters, I was thinking about the teaching or whatever, and I did actually, I just remembered now, I did homework club. We would go to different schools for a couple of hours and help kids do their homework. So that was a good experience. Oh my God, that fella, he just walked through the, uh, He's going to fail his exams. <laughs> Somebody stop him. What's he doing? Everybody knows you can't walk through the quad leg. Oh my God, are those people going to do it as well? What is happening? Do these people not know? This is not a thing anymore. I can't believe there's three people just after walking through the quad. I've never seen this. This is crazy. This has shook me to my core. Mother of God. There's a thing over here actually as well on the floor that apparently if you stepped on it, you get pregnant. So I'll be avoiding that at all costs. <laughs> but yeah, I did homework club. And then it's funny actually, because I met Maeve. Like when I came back to the masters, I bumped into her or whatever. And she was like, what are you doing with yourself now? And I was like, oh, I'm back doing social work. And she was like, oh, I thought you were thinking of the teaching. And then she was a bit freaked. She thought that maybe her like doing homework club had put me off the idea of doing teaching, I was like, oh geez, no, not at all. But the social work, when I finished it, I did placements in um, child protection and adult mental health. And by the time I came to the end of the masters, I was like, I don't know if this is for me. <laughs> I was like, oh no, here we are now. I'm after a while, six years of college, like, uh, still don't know what I want to do with my life. But at this point though, I was much more confident human um, and I think, I actually, I said it to one of the master's uh, lecturers who, funnily enough, they just hired me recently to do a child protection conference to do a bit of comedy in the middle of it. <laughs> Which is crazy. A bit of comedy in a child protection conference. But uh, yeah, that's definitely the weirdest gig I've ever had, for sure. They wanted some light entertainment, but I was talking to him. He's uh, Kenneth Burns, uh, really supportive, great lecturer. And I was saying how like, I found the presentations for me is probably where like the stand-up began. So just doing presentations in college, um, obviously scared crap out of you, as they do. 
people find it very daunting to stand up, but I always found I was always bringing in comedy into my, whatever I was talking about, you know what I mean? Um, so yeah, that ability to just stand up and talk and make it funny, but definitely the stand-up started in college without me realising it, because I had no idea at that point that I was going to do it. But when I finished the Masters then, I mean, I was saying, what am I going to do? I took a year out, so I was still working with Simon, kind of part-time. And I was thinking, what am I going to do? So I did random things, bucket list things, i got to figure it out. So I was living at home and um, stand-up was one of them. So I entered that and then ended up going into a competition. My dad saw a thing on the newspaper. I don't know what newspaper it was now, but he saw this competition with the Ray Darcy show. They were looking for new stand-ups. And he was saying, you should enter that now. I was like, Dad, I've done two gigs, man. You know what I mean? Like, this is, <laughs> this is insanity. Um, and he was like, sure, you're taking the year out anyway, just doing random things to me as well. I was like, fair enough. He, he gave me back what I've been saying the whole year, do you know what I mean? And uh, so I entered that, and then in a mad turn of events, ended up winning the Munster Finals. And then the final was on live TV on RTE, and ended up winning that. So I'd only done seven gigs, stand-up gigs, and I was like plunged into the world of comedy. And I was saying, okay, I guess I'm doing this now. So the first gig was in the Wonky Donkey. Um, so that's in Cork, it's a bar called the Mardike. So I opened for the Hardy Bucks. So it just sounds like, it's a ridiculous story. Like it's just, when I tell people the story of it, it just don't even sound real, I'm like, it's my life. Um, but I bumped into them at a mental health event in Everyman and I'd said to them that I was thinking of doing stand-up. And they were like, oh yeah, like when we're doing in Cork, we'll give you a call or whatever. And I was thinking, they were just being nice now, you know what I mean? I'll never hear from those boys again. Uh, but they did, they rang. And uh, so my first ever gig was in a professional comedy club, having never done stand-up in my life. So naive to know what I was doing. Open mics now, just yeah. go straight for the professionals. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so did like a 15-minute set like the first night and uh, miraculously somehow went well. Uh, I mean, it should've, shouldn't have worked. Like, in, if you wrote this out on paper, like, Anything I've done, nothing that I've done should have been achievable. Um, but if somehow done it, I don't know. Um, but I definitely think, like my time in UCC, like it was all. Even though I didn't end up working in anything <laughs> that that I did the courses in, all of it, hundred percent, like made me into the person I am, and added to everything. And uh, I am a very. I mean, my parents have never really worried about me, and that I'm someone who I always kind of land on my feet somehow I just have belief that things will work out or my kind of mantra or whatever is that I'll just figure it out as I go. <laughs> and, uh, that's what I've done and it seems to be working for now. I met one of my closest friends in college here in the West Wing because we were both standing outside the door a bit freaked because we were late and we didn't want to go in we were a bit nervous and uh, we we're kind of standing there in silence first and she was like go on you go in first and I was like no you go in or whatever like never met her in my life. And, uh, and we both looked at each other and she turned to me and she goes, we just go to the new bar. And I was like, all right. That's what we did. We never even went into that lecture. We were friends ever since. So we are currently standing in one of the lecture halls in the Western Wing building. Um, this looks the exact same. This has not been changed at all. Um, same paint, same everything. The chairs, they're like something out of a dance hall, really. <laughs> I know.
I wouldn't have been in here this much, but... Well, there was one of them um, <laughs> for English. We had to do a presentation on a random film. So there was no real guidance given. It was just like, pick a good film that you like and stand up and talk about it. So it was just about pushing yourself to talk in front of people. So I was like, oh, okay, whatever. So I'd actually forgotten about it, that I had to do this presentation. So I panicked. So I played the violin and um, I know how to play Schindler's List. So for the presentation, I came in and I belted out a verse of Schindler's List on the, on the violin. And uh, I remember my English lecturer was like very moved by it. She was like, this is the kind of stuff I'm talking about now, guys. Do you know what I mean? Thinking outside the box. I was like, yeah, that's right. And my friend was there and she was like, you're some prick. Like, do you know what I mean? She knew full well that I had only just decided to do that that morning. So social media for sure is such a huge part of the job now. Um, obviously with comedy, it's kind of, it's changed that like, you know, I was talking to comedians who would have been doing comedy like 30 years ago. They could have travelled around Ireland, like done the same set. Do you know what I mean? Nobody would have heard it before. Um, they could have just done this, the one set for travel around for a couple of years, and nobody would have known. Whereas now you kind of constantly are online. You're posting stuff all the time on every platform. You have to be everywhere. Um, I guess it's kind of a fear as well that like you don't want people to forget about you. You're like, oh, I'm still here, guys. <laughs> still, uh, still creating stuff. Some people find it a lot, like a lot of pressure, but I really enjoy it. Um, and I think the funniest thing is sometimes it's the simplest of ideas as well that take off, yeah. Like something that, especially with TikTok and stuff like that, it's all very, it doesn't have to be any well edited stuff. It can be just like you saying a funny story or just something really ridiculous and it'll just take off. Um, but you get to reach so many more people through social media now as well. I'm, it's, it's me, but I suppose if you were to describe it, it's like a caricature of me. Now it's more exaggerated, but I mean, like buying the corned beef and all that, like that was a true experience. Uh, I always say it's easy to be a comedian when your life is a joke, like, you know, just ridiculous things happen to me constantly. So I just get my material from just living my life, which is pretty great. But there's great freedom in it, like. Like I finished out the masters probably for like the reasons most people do and that you do like to have something there just in case it doesn't work out. So like I did finish the masters like will I work in it? I don't know. Maybe. Like I have actually had people write to me online being like oh like I wish you did you had gone into social workers you know people who'd gone through foster care and stuff they were like god would have loved seeing somebody like you coming through the door you know. So I do think about it sometimes. Um, but I think I'm still helping people, which is my main reason for going into social work, just doing it in a different way now. Uh, just doing it through, make people laugh. Because um, this world can be pretty harsh at times. It's a tough old, uh, tough old world just existing. And you just kind of need to escape from it every now and then. My advice would just be, I guess, well, if you're going to comedy, first of all, for starting, it's not a lot of money to be made at the start. So you want to hang on to your part-time job at the start for sure. Um, but then I can't emphasize enough how important networking is. Networking is everything. Like, um, so yeah, be nice, to everyone. Like, make sure get to know people's names. Like, make good impressions. Go above and beyond for people. Uh, don't be afraid to just just try new things. You know what I mean? Say yes to everything. Give everything a lash. Uh, you learn something doing absolutely everything. And uh, yeah, there's a lot. I mean. 
I think with the arts world in particular, like it is a mad, a mad one that there's no one way to get into the arts world. It's just so varied. But uh, there's a job for everybody. Do you know what I mean? There are jobs out there, and uh, yeah, just see how it goes. Believe in yourself. Uh, you know, I had to do that at the start. Obviously, there was a lot of pressure when I finished the masters to go and work in it because naturally that's what you do. So when I made the decision to not do that, like there was a bit of pushback, and like and we're going to family events, they were like, "What do you mean? Like you're not gonna, you know, work in it, or whatever?" And I was like, "Oh, maybe, you know, I'm just gonna take the year." So I did have to take a bit of slack at the start, but I mean, at the end of the day, it's your life, and uh, you just gotta do what you think is right, and yeah, you'll be fine. You'll be grand. Days since lockdown began, 167. Days since I've made a show of myself, three. I was strolling down Patrick Street minding my own business when a tampon went rogue on me. I tried to style it out. But of course I was like, thanks are brilliant. It's always amazed me that I can get up on stage no bother but put me in a one-to-one -one situation and I crumble. The other day I met my neighbour and I said to him, all right, bye, how are you? And he was like, not great, to be honest. He really caught me off guard. I presume we just walked past each other saying that everything was fine in the normal Irish emotionally suppressed manner. So I said to him, do you know what you are now? An absolute breath of fresh air. Fair play to you, bye. Your honesty is quite simply refreshing. His black suit suddenly made a lot of sense. I thought to myself, brilliant, another embarrassing moment to add to the list. I continued walking when out of nowhere, I got this unmerciful craving for a bit of corned beef. Now I've never bought corned beef before and due to social distancing, I had to roar to be heard. So I was like, sorry, uh, do you sell corned beef here? Yeah. I don't know why, but when I get nervous, my Cork accent gets 10 times stronger. I think it's a defense mechanism. He just looked me dead in the eye and said, yeah. So I said, right. Uh, sorry about this now, but I've never actually bought corned beef before. So what's the procedure here exactly? I'm gonna miss humming away over this one. He said, well, most people know how many slices they want and just ask for that amount of slices. I kind of panicked and said, um, could I get 20 slices, so? Hold on there, actually, is that an excessive amount of corned beef for one person? Then he said, well, it depends how hungry you are, I suppose. Yeah, look, we'll go with the 20, thanks very much. By the time I'd plucked up the courage to talk to Jack, he was gone. But he was the least of my worries because I had just ordered 20 slices of corned beef and I was suddenly extremely aware that I only had a fiver on me. I know I was sweating so much I would have given Christy Moore a run for his money. The last time I was distressed was at my leaving cert Irish Oral. The first words out of my mouth were Connoisseur Meanwhile, back at the till, I'm thinking, Mother of God, I can't afford this. When the world opens back up, all my friends will be heading off to Australia and they'll be like, You coming to Bondi, Sinead? And I'll be like, Nah, so paying off my corned beef, girl. Then, just before I completely dehydrated, your man went, that'll be 3.15.
So all in all, not my most successful day. But at least I know what about corned beef now. Hey. You awake? Remember earlier on when you told a man that his grief was refreshing? So it's Sinead Quinlan underscore. And uh, yeah, I'm on Twitter, Facebook, um, everything. Twitter, TikTok. There's a link tree as well if you want to watch. Like I was on Clear History, I was on The Den. Um, all those things are up in the RT player, my series. And yeah, shoot me a message if you ever want that advice as well. Uh, I love hearing from people on Instagram. If you ever want to give a chat, I'll have a chat with General Bonners. You've been listening to Walk and Talk. This eight-part series looks at life in UCC from the perspective of former students who went on to become major players on the national stage. By sharing their individual experiences, they paint not just a personal portrait of their younger selves, but also a broader picture of a shifting college landscape through the decades. For more details on the series, search for UCC 98.3 FM wherever you get your podcasts. This programme was funded by the Broadcasting Authority of Ireland with the television licence fee.